0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Work Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I have fun. You guys have fun? Man, it's is a good servant, Jesus. I'd rather be here than the best hospital in all of Southern California. Amen. This is better than the best rehab center. Amen. Better than the best addiction center. Definitely better than the best jail. Good place to be. So if I come in, I'm going to have fun. Hey man, tonight we're going to be talking about whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Anybody ever heard that verse before? We're going to show you what it means and show you how it applies to your life and how to get into it. But I want to show you some things from the bookstore first. Here's our, here's our free be our never again cards. Got a good report uh, sitting around the swimming pool yesterday. Who was that? Was she here? She, she coming down. Okay. Anyway. These cards here have been a part of my life since 1980. And so we reprint them every so often, We print a bunch of them. But they're, they're Bible faith confessions about your health, your family, your finances, your walk with God. And they're free on the information booth back there. This side says daily confession. You confess who you are in Christ, about your health, about your finances, your family, and all kinds of things. Scriptures with all of them. And my pastor gave one of these to me uh, the first time I went to his church on the... First Sunday in September of 1980, he's handed these out. And I've reprinted them for 37 years. They're that good and getting lots of good reports. Give one to your wife last week. Brent, I'll give one to you this week. She might not share with you. She'd share. She's nice. She's nice. She'd share. (laughs) They're on the info booth. Amen. And uh, from the bookstore, going to be talking tonight, of course, about the Word of God in a strong way. We always do. We teach the Word strong. This is Faith Food uh, devotions for summertime. How many know we're in the summertime right now? Hey, Amen. We're in the summertime. Matter of fact, with the clouds today, I switched my unit from swamp cool down to air conditioner because of the clouds. So we, Josh, we we did it. We made the switch. Hey, Amen. So we got air, oh, Eric, so Eric, Eric, We got air conditioning going now. But anyway, this is a simple little bite-sized nuggets every day, little faith lessons that Brother Hagen does. And we got a big book called Faith Food Devotions. that I I keep at my house, I read every day. It's got all these things in one big, large book. And then here's by Charles Capps. He was one of my Bible school teachers back in 1982, 83, 84, called God's Creative Power. And it's 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 nice little personal confessions from these verses on the same thing on finances, health, and all those things. And I'll tell you, in our church, we're not going to teach you a whole lot about uh, visitation by angels and, and the mark of the beast and great tribulation things like that we teach them to talk about it, but you know what i found out as a pastor most people can care less about looking at the spooky future they got bills to pay today but they need healing today and they can't get into a doctor's appointment because of all the good wonderful health care changes people have made where you have to wait six months and you got a serious diagnosis it's good to be able to get into the presence of jesus today and receive healing today so there's a profession about Healing and all those kind of things. And so we teach a lot here about families, how to raise your kids, how to pay your bills, how to be healed, how to delivered if you need delivered, those kind of things. And so those are important things for today. Because we're our our, our church mission is we call ourselves a family church, equipping God's families for a victorious Christian living. So that's what we want to do. And I found out so many times that people are so spooky and scared about the future, they miss out on today. everybody's living in today, so they need help. And then here's a God's creative power for finances by Charles Cap. Same thing, bite-sized nuggets, the Word of God, how to confess Him, how to get the Word working in your heart, in your mouth. And I was looking for a creative power for healing. We're getting ready to order another batch of books. I got three people on standby to help me. So we're going to get some books ordered again. Amen. Look at John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. And John 10, verse 10 says, God came to hurt you. God come to steal your money. He come to make you sick so he can teach you. No, John 10, verse 10. I, I like to call this the dividing line of the Bible. I got, I got that off of Charles Cass way back in the early 80s. But what that means is this. He shows you the two families in the Bible, this verse right here. One side's the good side. One side's not the good side. And everything on the earth is going to fall into the category of one of these families. And so, he says, the thief, how do you know who the thief is? That's the devil, that's Satan, that's his evil spirits, that's the demons. The thief cometh not before to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. <clears throat> Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus said he came that we'd have life, and that means now, the Amplified Bible says, I came that they might have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus come for us to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full. How many know that God has more than enough of anything you need? He's got more than enough healing, more than enough financial provision put on the earth. You know, I think about America, the blessing of God on America, founded as a Christian nation. All the minerals and rights and things, all the gold, silver, all there is in America going on in those arenas, all the abundance of agriculture, everything God's blessed America with, because America chose to make Jesus Lord. So America tapped into God's abundance years and years and years ago. As America turns back, we're able to capitalize on all God's put here for people that wanna preach Jesus. Amen. Send missionaries around the world and everything. But anyway, America is a good example when we started off as a Christian nation worshiping Jesus, the Son of the living God, how he put a blessing on a land. But the thing is, God wants every one of your homes to be a replica of the Garden of Eden on earth. Amen. Amen. You know, we cannot control the whole world. We can't control all of America, California, everything else, but I can determine how much of the blessing of God comes in the samples house. Amen. What I do with my heart, with my mouth, with my life, if I tithe, if I love people, if I serve Jesus, worship Jesus. There's so many problems. that the pastor just gave Psalms 35:27. says, we can shout for joy at the ball game. So why can't we shout for joy at church? We can shout for joy at the school plays. We go see our little kids play it in. So why can't we shout for joy at church? He says, shout, shout for joy and be glad of that verse. And say continually, let the Lord be magnified that has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So you know what that tells me? I want to not just be a son of God. A child of God. I want to be a servant of God too. I want to serve because he prospers the servers. Somebody said, wow, I never thought of it that way before. Well, that's the Bible. That's what he said. So anyway, based upon this verse, we've got to know that anything that steals, kills, and destroys our health, our finances, our family, all addictions... Or from the devil, and Jesus wants you healed, he wants you delivered today. He wants your children healed and delivered today. He wants your family healed, he wants them delivered today. That's what he said. And so I want you to back up a couple chapters to chapter 8. And look at verse 36. Chapter 8, verse 36 Jesus said this, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free, what? Indeed. He said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so Jesus is the only one that can truly set you free. Jesus is the only one that can break the power of Satan's bondage over your health, over your job, over your finances, over a broken home, over wayward children. Jesus is the only one that can set you free. How many have heard this verse before, by the way? How many have heard this verse? A few of you. Well, good. Well, we're going to really get into this showing you exactly what he's talking about and how to capitalize on that. And so did you know that for Jesus to set you free, he needs you to cooperate? How many know that? Jesus needs you to do your part. And, you know, I think about something I heard Brother Hagin say years ago that that's always helped me. I used to play checkers a lot when I was younger. I never did get into chess, I guess. I don't know, I'm probably smart enough. I wanted to learn it, but I didn't want to learn it. But I used to like checkers, and I used to play with this one guy, and we, we played championship checkers, and uh, there was difference. But anyway, in, in playing, you're always thinking a few moves ahead. I guess you probably do that in chess too. But anyway, we'd always think at least a minimum of two moves ahead, usually three or four, just really, I, I had things click and always know what I wanted to do. And so when he'd make his move and I'd make my move, we didn't have a timer or anything. We played, so we didn't care how long we played. But anyway, there'd be sometimes I'd really be studying and studying and studying my move. And he'd finally get upset, he'd go to the bathroom or go get a Pepsi or something like that. And while he was going, I'd make my move. <laughs> and so he'd come back and we'd just sit there looking at each other. And after a while I'd say, Aren't you going to move? I say, I already did, it's your move. Well, see, so many times in life, people have said, oh, I wish God would move in this situation. And God said, I already did. It's your move. You're waiting on God to make his move. And he says, I already did. Now it's your turn. Well, I'm going to show you your next move for the son to make you free, to get your family free, to get you healed, to get you blessed, whatever you need. So Jesus said if he makes you free, you're free indeed. I want you just to go, go back a few verses verse 31. And we're going to look at your part. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. How many here believe on Jesus? But do you know that everybody then that heard him talk didn't believe on him? They heard him, but they didn't trust him? Well, let me tell you how that works Today. And this this, this is an absolute fact. Everybody that comes to your church doesn't believe the pastor is really telling the truth sometimes of the word I teach. They don't believe on what I'm teaching because they don't believe on me. See, so many times they'll judge a preacher by the way he does his hair. By if he wears glasses. By if his wife wears makeup. Or lots of different things. People have blockages against preachers. They put a blockage up because they think they talk too loud. Or they think they talk too much about money. They think they talk too much about forgiveness. And lots of different things in life. When people get a mental block up against a preacher that he's talking. And so tonight, I'm speaking to those believers that believe on me. And I'm not talking about, I'm not Jesus, but you've got to believe in the man or woman of God that's delivered the message to receive what they've got to say. And so it says that Jesus then Says he was speaking to a multitude, but he was specifically speaking to those that believed on him, because the ones that believed on him believed on his message. If they believed on his message, then they could receive what he had to say. Amen. See what I'm saying? Does that help you any? Yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you. There's preachers that I see on TV sometimes saying like that. I can't receive from them because I don't like shouting preachers. Amen. I like I like the more I like the more like me. <laughs> but I don't like, there's, there's some preachers that I know, man, they're world renowned, and I know they're anointed, and I know they're good, but man, I just really myself have a hard time receiving from a spit and shouter. And so that's why if I, when I used to go around more, those kind of meetings, that's why I'd sit at least three or four rows back, because I found the front row, you get spit on. You understand what I'm saying? That, that sounds kind of funny, but we all, we all had to be able to get past the personality to receive the word. Amen. And so he said to those Jews which believed on him, now look at this, if, and so he's getting ready to put a condition on a promise. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word. And my center column says the Greek to that word. Continue means to abide. And that reminds me of John 15, 7. He said, if you abide in me, my word's abide in you. And so that means if you live a lifestyle, that you put God's word first place in your life. If you have something you're dealing with in life, then your first question is always this. Well, what's the word say about that? What's the Bible say? What's the Word say about that? Well, God knows everything about everything, all the answers of the Bible, so I'm going to dig in the Word to find out what the answer is. When I find out what the answer is, I'm going to grab a hold of it, and I'm going to get it. And so he said his disciples are the ones that abide in the Word. And then he said, because you're abiding in my Word, you built your life around my Word. He says, then you shall know the truth. And then what did he say? The truth shall make you free. Well, in verse 36, he said, the Son makes you free. What well, do you remember in John chapter 14, verse 6, when Jesus said, I am the way, the the truth? Well, Jesus and the truth are one and the same. And so he says the truth will make you free. But here he says that the word's the truth. And I, I want to look at that in a little more detail. I want you to look at John chapter 17. And then we'll come back to here. John 17 Verse 17, Jesus makes this real plain. What am I doing tonight? I'm showing you what that verse means. What He said: If the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. And so, John 17, verse 17, and of course, this is that great prayer that Jesus prayed right before He went to Calvary, right before He went to the cross. He prayed an all-night prayer, and it's recorded right here, in verse 17. Talking about us, about believers, he said, sanctify them. That means set us apart from the rest of the world, the ones that believe on him. Sanctify them through thy truth. Now, look at this. He said, thy word is truth. He said, the word of God is the truth of God. Now, you take that back to John chapter 8. And I want to show you how to get free from anything Satan puts on you or your family. And so he said, the word of God is God's truth. Verse 31 of John 8. Then said Jesus to those believers which believed on him, if you continue my word, well, you're continuing in the truth then. Because the word the truth wasn't the same. He said, if you're abiding in the truth, you're abiding in the word, then you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Or we can say it this way then, and you shall know the word. Did he say, thy word is truth? And so, aren't we saying the same thing here then? If he says, and you shall know the truth, that means you shall know the word? And then the truth, or the word that you know, that's the word that shall make you free. The truth you know is the word you know. And the word you know is what makes you free. You don't just get free. You know, I was thinking about that today, that so many times people that don't really understand spiritual things, I think sometimes... This kind of thing is kind of like a magic thing. They think, man, if I just get in the right place at the right time, keep your eyes on me. You no ever watch The Wizard of Oz? Don't look over there at that man. Look over here. let me give you a truth right now about receiving the Word of God. Our first church we pioneered, there, we start off at the YMCA. This little side screen for you to help you about this right here. We pioneered a church that our, our first building we got to have was on the courthouse square, the county seat in Morgan County, Indiana. And right across from our church, we had a little storefront church. It was probably about as long as this room right here but it was about this wide. Had like three or four chairs on this side, three or four chairs on that side. We'd get a 100 people in there. But anyway, we had a great big plate glass windows, And right over on this side was the fire department. And man, on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, right in the middle of a good juicy sermon, Man, right when I got to the place, man, I knew there would be several people get help. Oh ah! And man, all of a sudden, do you ever see it's a wonderful life when they had that run on the bank, everybody running, the windows watching. I'd get right to the place, and I would think, man, I know Brent's going to get this, going to help Brent. About that time, Brent, looking out the window, and then, like, I didn't get nothing out of that. And I said, "Man, that was your turn. You watch the fire truck." And so i taught the people in the church that we love babies in the service. If the babies in the service happen to do a little crying, I mean, if they get out of hand, you want to take them to the nurse and do something. But if a baby cries, don't let the baby cry and steal your blessing. Don't turn around and look at the baby. If somebody starts to have a coffin fit, don't turn around and watch the coffer. Watch what's going up here. They don't have the answer. I do. And so when somebody's walking through the service, where our sanctuary is set up, that's just a lesson a pastor gives to people. If somebody goes to the bathroom and they're a slow walker, or they got a little kid dancing to skip along the way. I mean, sometimes if one of my grandchildren, I like to watch them skip too. But i got myself trained and I don't do it too. But if, if there's something going on, a distraction, stay focused up here because that might be right to the place where God had your nugget. And when you left here, thought, I wonder why he didn't get anything. Well, that's because you paid attention most of the time, but the distraction came, and you got you lost focus. And you lost focus. That's right when it came out there, and then you got home, uh, your wife, your husband, or whoever you're hanging out with that night, they said, hey, man, did you hear what he said? He said, he didn't say, I never heard that. Well, that's right when you wasn't listening. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. <laughs> hey, man, so anyway, we don't have any fire trucks here, but we stay focused on what we What we do have up here is going to help change your lives anyway, he said the word that you know is the word that will make you free. And so God's word is God's truth. Now listen, I'm getting ready to open this up to you in a really big way right now. A medical diagnosis, listen, may be a physical fact, but it's not the truth. There's a difference between the truth and the facts. The truth will always change the facts when applied. The truth will always change the facts. And so I want to look at God's truth about your diagnosis. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Did Jesus say that God's word is God's truth? Amen. And so verse 24 of 1 Peter chapter 2 says this. Jesus, who His own self bear our sins on His own body on the tree. Now, how many know that's truth? That Jesus took our sins His body on the cross. How many agree with that? Anybody? Anybody not agree that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? Okay. He says that we being dead to sins. How many know that at the new birth, when you receive Jesus on the inside of your heart, the old man died and the new man begins. It says old things are passed away, all things have become new. If you're a bonafide, born-again Christian, you agree with that. And you say, well, that's the truth of the Word of God. God's truth says, Jesus died for my sins. I believed in my heart, confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I was born again. Now, look at this here. We should live unto righteousness because we're dead to sin. And how many agree? That's the truth, that if you're a Christian, you ought to live right. He says we should live under righteous. Do you see that? Okay. Now how about this last part? By whose stripes you what? Were healed? Well, if the rest of that verse is true, is this true? Amen. Why 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 can three fourths of that verse be true and the last part of that verse Christians don't get? By his stripes ye were healed. Now let me ask you a question is you were healed past tense, present tense, or future tense. It's past tense. Now, if you've asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, were you saved? Are you saved? Are you going to get saved in the future? You're saved now because he died for your sins 2,000 years ago. But you received him now. He didn't just die now. He died then. And so 2,000 years later, we act on the truth. The truth is, Jesus died for my sins. The fact is, before I'm born again, the fact is, I'm a sinner. I'm dying, and on my way to hell, and that's a fact. But when I got born again by receiving Jesus, the truth changed the facts. That truth changed God's fact because I applied that truth. I acted on Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. I believed in my heart and I said with my mouth that Jesus is Lord God raised from the dead, therefore I'm saved. But, Jesus didn't just die today to save me. He took care of that 2,000 years ago. But, I found out today, the fact was, I need a Savior. I applied the truth. I heard, by preaching, in the Word of God, that I need to be saved. I heard how to be saved. Believe my heart, confess my mouth. I acted on the Word of God as the Word of God's the truth. And the truth changed the facts. I'm not a sinner on my way to hell now. I'm a again believer. But you know what? The fact is, there's a lot of sinners in my realm of influence. But the truth will change their condition. Now, the last part of that verse says, By his stripes ye were healed. I want to show you how to apply that truth now to the fact. You know, if you've got a medical diagnosis now, whatever it is, and like I told somebody, I talked about it yesterday, I said, man, I'm not at all against medical doctors or medicine or all the help we can get. Man, whatever we get, we can get. They treat the outside what they see, but when you get it from God and from the inside out, he changes it. The truth changes the facts. And you get things turned around. Well, a matter of fact, that's what Jesus said verse 36. He said, when the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. When he delivers you, you're delivered indeed. When he restores your family, your family is restored indeed. Amen. When he gets your child's heart right, your child's life is changed indeed. He changes everything. And so what I want to say again, there's a lot of things in our lives right now, they may be facts, but they're not the truth. God's word is God's truth because Jesus said so. Amen. So I stick with Jesus. So anyway... The truth will change the facts every time. And so, I want you to look at Mark chapter 16. And I want to show you how to apply John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, or if you abide in my word. And so, it's a fact, if you've been diagnosed with something... And, you know, the thing is, what I learned a long time ago, too many Christians don't know how to apply the truth. They come to a church like this, they hear just enough to hear just enough to get them confused, because they don't come back and hear all the truth. To continue to hear, it gets built upon, layer by layer, level by level. You hear more and more and more and more of the Word of God. And on the inside, there's a picture that starts being painted on the inside of you. You know, I think about I, I, I don't know if they developed pictures anymore. But I've never years ago, Brent, Alice, our generation, Dave, we all remember when we had the little roll of film. And you had to take the film, you had to take it down, and if you wanted to rush order, you paid extra money to get it in a couple of days instead of a whole week or ten days. But that film there, they had little trays of chemical they put in there, and they began, they had to watch the thing develop and open up to get it just right. Well, that's kind of how the Word of God and spiritual truth works you got to keep coming back and being exposed to the anointing. You've got to be exposed to the presence of God. you got to be exposed to teaching. And all of a sudden, on the inside of you, you're starting to get a picture of it, but it's not quite clear yet. And you come back again, and you hear more of it. It's not quite clear yet. And you'll come on a Sunday night, and you hear two or three people testified what you're going through. It becomes more clear because they're testifying. They think, wow, it's working for them. I get the picture now. And then all of a sudden, one day, you see the full picture, and you think, wow, that doesn't sound dumb anymore. I was healed. And then when you realize you was healed, then you know you are healed. But you didn't just get healed when you knew you were healed. You got healed 2,000 years ago according to the Word of God, because that's what He did it. But you just found out about it. Amen. So Mark chapter 16 Mark chapter 16. I'm going to look at verse 17 verse 18. And remember, the truth is in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were. So if you were healed, that means you are healed. But here's one way you activate that in your life. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And I tell you, what, I'm going to say this every time I preach it because some of you didn't hear it yet. In my Bible, I wrote right beside that. This means me because I'm a believer. These signs follow me because I'm a believer. If you're a believer, these signs follow you. And somebody thinks, well, they just follow the preachers that have healing ministries. There's a lot of preachers that don't know anything about this. And so just because you're a preacher, if you don't know Bible truth, you can't act on the truth. And so he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. That means me. That means you if you're a believer. And any preacher that's a believer that believes it. In my name. And so it's in Jesus' name. It's always in the name of Jesus. Shall they cast out demons. Speak with new tongues. Take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Now listen. He said, if you continue my words, you'll know the truth. He said, the truth you know is the truth that will set you free. And so this verse right here, here's how you apply the truth to the fact you have a serious diagnosis or a minor diagnosis. Here's how you apply the truth. Let's just say, for example, you know, we, we, we all deal by what we see more than anything. We we live with the flesh. Okay. If Mrs. Pastor had a real serious diagnosis and one of you told her, My doctor is a miracle doctor. My doctor has this has these medications that you get an injection. It'll cure that. It'll heal that. Well I've watched people for all my Christian life, I've watched people spend their fortunes and run to other countries, get a drug that's not allowed in America because so they think it's going to give them the cure. They'll go anywhere to get something to put in their body because they like, man, I get this, I'm going to get the cure. And so anyway, Mrs. Pastor hears about this doctor, says you get down there, now listen, he's going to give you an injection and you may not feel anything right then, but over the next few days, as it begins to kick in and start to take effect, you're going to see those symptoms go. You're going to start getting better every day and it's going to go from you. Okay, get a picture of this. Jesus said, when believers lay hands on the sick, and the sick can be AIDS, the sick can be cancer, the sick can be ulcers, the sick can be diabetes, the sick can be a headache, whatever the sick is, sick means sick. Major, minor, anything like that. And so, let's just say that I'm a believer because I am, and she's the sick. I'm going to say, okay, the great physician told me, I'm going to give you an injection of the anointing. And he said, he said that because I'm a believer, I lay hands on you in his name. He said, you're going to start recovering. Somebody said, but the doctor said, the doctor will report you the facts. Jesus told you the truth. He said, God's word is truth. And so I said, I'll tell you what, Mrs. Pastor. I said, it's not me, but it's greater as it's in me. And so when I lay hands on you, I'm going to give you an injection of the anointing. And when the anointing comes in, and you know, this, this is where we got to help people. If you get goosebumps when you get prayed for, glory to God. If you get no goosebumps, glory to God. The anointing is not based upon a feeling. The anointing is based upon faith. And so when you receive the anointing by faith, I like to say it this way. Jesus said they shall recover. How's your wife do? She's in the recovery room. What well, do you mean she's in the recovery room? Well, when they do surgery, don't they call that the recovery room? What's that mean? They've already done the operation. And what are they doing? They're in there. Well, they start to mend up and get better and better and better and better so they come out well. And so Jesus said, this is the truth. He said, it may be a fact you're sick. But he said, the truth will change the facts. And this is one truth right here. Lay hands on sick, they shall recover. And let, let me give you another, another thing that might help you as being a believer, as sitting in services like this, the value of sitting in services like this. And back in Indiana, this wasn't much of a problem what I'm going to talk about. But out here in Barstow, California, this is a real serious problem. If you have a plant and you don't put water in it for a few days, it just starts shriveling up and it starts dying and wilting like that. It wasn't a problem out there very much, but out here it is. But you know what about that little plant? If you forgot to water your plant for a few days and then you start watering it, you don't see instant results the first day or the second day, usually the third day or fourth day. But if somebody comes to your house and they say, your plant's dead. You say, no, I forgot to water it, but I put water in it, and It's getting in the root system. And as it comes up through the roots, you're going to see the little leaves start to turn colors again. You're going to see the little branches perk up. Things are going to start changing. And so you tell people, no, my plant's not dead. My plant was just neglected, and so I've watered it, and my plant's getting better every day. And so that's what it is, you come to a service. You miss a bunch of services you start wilting. You're not spiritually dead. You may be backslid a little bit, but you're not dead. You're spiritually dead, but you walk away from God and you're not hooked up at all. But when you get out from under the anointing, you start wilting. You get burnt. And you get scorched. And the thing is, it comes out of people around you. They get the benefit of it, or the non-benefit, because you get mean. You get cantankerous. But as you sit in a service like this, the truth is, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So as you begin to come in again, that anointing works. Did you see a change in life? How many here have ever missed services for a while and you knew you were dry? And you come in, get back in two or three in a row, and all of a sudden, man, you're jumping again. You're shot, You got it again. But the anointing started working in you. Well, the healing anointing works the same way. When that healing anointing is released, the healing power of God's working in your body to bring to pass 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by stripes you were healed. You get that activated one way by laying on hands. I want to show you something else in Mark chapter 11. I want to say it again. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. And this is how he sets you free. He sets you free by getting the knowledge of the word of God to you, and then think about pastor of the checker game. You say, I'm waiting on God, and God says, no, I'm waiting on you. He said, I moved 2,000 years ago. He said, I made my best move 2,000 years ago, now what are you going to do about it? Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, and once again, right beside that I wrote, this means me, because I'm whosoever. I'm a whosoever, so this means me. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whosoever shall say unto this disease, whosoever shall say to this financial situation, whosoever shall say about this serious family matter, whosoever shall say Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. There is a difference between your heart and your mind. I want to tell you, because Jesus lives in your heart, no matter how weak, how inferior you feel on the outside, or how much your mind is saying, tilt, 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 I don't believe that, your heart is where faith is. You got saved in your heart. Faith is in your heart. And so he says, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he saith shall come to pass. Now look at this. He or she, she shall have whatsoever they saith. The truth, Bible truth is this. Here's Bible truth. You shall have whatsoever you saith. You shall have Whatsoever you say it. Well, pastor, now I know what the Bible says. And I know what you preach. But. I got some news for you. Goats butt. Sheep bath. But <laughs> sheep here, when sheep here, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. They don't care what the facts were. Sheep go, bath. man, pastor. Man, i receive. received... And goats say, but, the doctor said, I'll have this all my life. But, goats always butt their heads up against the word of God. Goats always have a reason to rebuke them. And so I know that for me, I learned years and years and years ago, especially dealing with health issues. That it may be a fact that a couple weeks ago, I had a serious fall. And when I fell down, got all cracked up, got messed up, and I told Mrs. Pastor, I said, we need to go down to the mercy room, lay down there a half a day for them to do what Jesus could do, or we just let Jesus do it. So we got on top of it, and man, I got everything back. Jesus took care of stuff like that. I'm not telling anybody, don't go to the emergency, man. You got to go, you go. But the thing is, I knew in my life there was no buts to it. I knew that Jesus told me, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we got on top of that. I said, man, give me your hands. These hands working. We'll get some anointing. We'll get some things going on in our lives like that. And I just, I just want to say this. That, that's my test. I was not plan on giving that. So if you get hurt, you run to the emergency, you do what you got to do. But to me, for where I walk at, that's where I was. I had the truth in me strong enough that I knew the truth will take care of this. We'll get this healed. We'll get this taken care of. It. We'll take care of it now. Because Jesus said, lay hands on the sick. And so you apply the truth in the area of healing by seeing what the Word of God has to say. You act on the Word of God. You confess the Word of God. And so what I said every day, she said, how you doing? It was, oh, I'm getting better every day because Jesus said so. I'm getting better every day. Let me see your head. And she's the one who testified about my head. She said she saw it the first day close up by the hitch because it was ripped all the way through there. She said in one day's time she saw it go up that much to where it got smaller and smaller every day. But the fact of the matter was, as much as I was hurting, Jesus said, Lay hands the sick, they shall recover. So my whole thing was, through moans and groans and hurts, is I'm getting better every day. I'm in the recovery room. I'm recovering. I'm recovering. I'm recovering. Because it was a fact. I was injured. But the truth changed the facts to the truth. I want to say that again. That's not a play on words. The truth will change the facts to agree with the truth. And then the facts become the truth. Because they changed to agree with the truth. And, you know, you can apply this to any area of the Bible. If you're a tither, you have tither's rights. It may be a fact you got some serious debt. But the truth is, bring the tithe in the storehouse the windows is heaven open. Pour out the blessing, the devourer's rebuke, and then God said, all these people around you will see you and call you blessed because they see the truth. And so this works right on down the line for anything... Anything you want to bring it to, so I just know that for me, I'm going to study the Word. You might want to make write this last statement down; it'll probably help you. Because it says, "If you continue my Word, you're my disciples, indeed." And so, I'm going to study the Word. I'm going to meditate in the Word. I'm going to speak the Word over my health, my finances, my family. And I'm going to act like the word's true. I'm going to act like the word is true. You know why? Because it is. So whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I really recommend that you get those never again cards. And look at those cards every day. And those cards will help you get the word of God in your heart and in your mouth. And I'll tell you what, then you can go around and you can testify to everybody. Jesus set me free. And I'm free indeed, because His Word got in my heart, in my thinking, in my mouth, and I started acting like the Word was true. And what I did, I was freed. Amen. Well, somebody shouted, I didn't preach to sleep, did I? (laughs) Amen. Bless them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.